join me in welcoming our friend and God's anointed servant, Bishop Tom Gill and his wife, Kathy, back to Missouri as he comes to speak. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's give God praise. Really, that's what this is about. We're honoring him today. King of kings. Hallelujah. Lord of lords. Amen. 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 You may be seated. They took that picture down. I caught that big flathead up there. If it hadn't been for me, we wouldn't have had anything to eat the whole week. We were down there on the river. Oh, that's not true. I have to repent of that. But anyway. We've had some great times. I wasn't going to say anything about any of that, but since we're here, I might as well say something. Now they've brought it up. This, this guy, your pastor, Pastor Kent Miller, is phenomenal in a lot of ways. And, and truthfully, and I'll say more about that, he is a phenomenal leader, and he's a leader of leaders. But what I learned about him is that he knows how to surround people around him so that uh, he can get the job done. He had Brother John Sales as his cook. He had Russell as his house cleaner and uh, trailer cleaner. We stayed in a bus, really. Russell as his cleaner. And Pastor just sat around and ate and did nothing. Just had a good time, you know. <laughs> well, not exactly all true, but uh, he knew how to shoot a snake. Well, I don't know if that's legal in Missouri. So he, he knew how to shoot a gun, <laughs> and, uh, and he, knew, he knew how to have a good time and how to catch fish, and we did have a great time. And he is also one of my dearest friends, if you already heard that this morning. And this church is a, a friend of mine. I feel like coming home. When I, when I came and I saw Pastor Kent and Jenny, and then when I came to the church and this morning, I just had a... I had a wonderful emotional experience of seeing old friends and thinking this is kind of like my home church. It's like coming home. And uh, it's been five years. In fact, that other picture that was up there said, said 30. That was at your 30-year anniversary. And now we're at 35. So, um, so I was here for that anniversary. And I'm so honored and delighted that they have invited me back. Let me just do a couple of things. There, there, is a, there is a long list of a staff here, people that do everything from media to, to keeping the facilities up and running and whatever has to be done to, to the music, to the administrative aspect, to, to uh, secretarial work, to, uh, to the, well, just ladies, men's, youth, children's, the list goes on and on. Not everybody can be in this room, but for the support staff, of Palace Praise. Would you just stand for a minute? Let me see who you are. Go ahead, the support staff of this church, stand up for a moment. These are the people that keep this place running. Would you let them know you appreciate them? We love you and we honor you today as well. And Pastor could not do what he does without having those people around him. And of course, the mark of a great leader is being able to. to uh, develop leaders that can carry out the charge. You know, I, I read somewhere about years ago, they used to talk about the difference between a shepherd and a rancher. Now, Pastor Kent Miller is a shepherd in every sense of the word, but he is a rancher also in the sense that not only does he still shepherd and shepherd the flock, the people of God, 
but he has learned how to bring others around that can do the job. Otherwise, you stay at one level. You can't grow beyond a certain part. Uh, uh, one person can only do so much themselves. But whenever you can, you can pour yourself into others and train them who most of the time have gifts different than your gifts. You don't want people just like you. You want people that have gifts you don't have that can complement the ministry. And so uh, Pastor Kent has been able to do that. And that's the reason we have such a praise. All right. So, uh, so we thank you, support staff, and all of you. The other thing that I want to just say before I get started is you can't build a church like Palace of Praise unless there's a lot of people behind the scenes. If you're here today and you are a volunteer in any way whatsoever, I don't care if it's shaking somebody's hand coming in, uh, you know, passing out a bulletin, uh, parking cars in the parking lot, if you work on the building, if you sing, if you work with children, if you do anything at all in volunteering uh, for this church, would you just stand real quick, real quick. Everybody that volunteers at all to do anything. I want you to look at this. That's why you have Palace of Praise. It's because of all of these people that give of their self. Thank you all so very, very much. I got ready to, to uh, to prepare for this, and I, of course, uh, had been thinking like I always do for weeks in advance, uh, just trying to put together some things in my mind and prayerfully be able to be a blessing today. But I did something else. I served here as overseer from 2006, August 2006 to 2012, and I had the wonderful privilege of working with Marsha Parmley and Danny Parmley, and Marsha was our uh, state secretary, treasurer, kind of like, really like an administrative assistant to me. And Danny did everything and anything behind the scenes to make sure that all of our state events went well. And they love the churches. They've always loved this couple. That's why they're here today, and they love this church. Where is Marsha and Danny at? Let me see. They are in the building. Stand up, if you would. Would you make them welcome to the palace today? We appreciate them so much. So I have, I have some stats I'll be sharing a little bit, and, and uh, they are from the reports that pastor sends in, the church sends in, and if they're wrong, blame Marsha, not me, okay? So no, not really. I'll take the blame for it. But uh, you can see that this is... I don't know if I'm doing something wrong here. Maybe I'll hold it up here. And that might help a little bit. So, um, so this has just been incredible. I came to the dedication of this church. My first church to attend in Missouri was the Palace of Praise. And Raymond Culpepper that you saw up here uh, at the very beginning, he spoke that day and uh, did a great job. And he does love this church and he loves your pastor and his family. Uh, Raymond Culpepper and so we were here for that particular service and uh, it was a phenomenal day and little did I know that some almost 15 years later I would be back and the church is still thriving and going forward and doing a great work for the Lord and so I am so grateful for that. Now, they're going to throw up a couple of passages of scripture and then we're going to have a prayer and then I'm going to try to uh, 
try to uh, say some things. But in honoring this couple, and I'll have to say some things about them, but I want us to realize that really today is about the Lord. It's about God's faithfulness. It's about uh, what he has done through individuals and what he is doing here at Palace of Praise. You have those uh, verses for me. Uh, first Thessalonians, can you, can you throw the other one up first? Let's go First Peter uh, 5 if we can. All right. Would you stand for the reading of the word of God? The scripture says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, that means for financial gain, for money, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, who is Jesus, shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now, if you would go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 2 verses 12 and 13, verse 12, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now, what we're doing today, we talked about the requirements of a shepherd, and I believe this couple fits every one of those requirements. They do those things. And then we talk about the fact of the, the requirement of a congregation, that they are to honor their shepherd and that they are to recognize their gifts and their abilities and their faithfulness. And today, what we're doing in honoring the Lord, we're also honoring this couple and their family and the many, many people that make the Palace of Praise what it is today. Let's pray. Now, Father, I have a great challenge before me because at the end, I don't want just to say things about this man and his wife but I want to honor you. And I want to challenge this congregation that they, that they realize that, that, Lord, what they are doing is so very important. It is kingdom work. And that today is not the end. It's really just kind of rebooting and, and that we are continuing to go, as Pastor Zach said, that, Lord, that, that everything he said is true about the passion and the desire of this couple, they have never lost that, God. And that they'd want to take this church to places they have never yet been. And that the greatest days for this congregation are yet in front of them and not behind them. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Now there's a method to my madness, but just stay with me for a moment. The church of God is, of course, just one movement or one, we might say, denomination of many. God has raised up different movements throughout the course of history since the early church. All of you know that the early church really was dispersed from Israel or Jerusalem because of persecution. And it wasn't long till the church began to, 
to expand. And as we know about Paul's missionary journeys to Asia Minor and, of course, Rome and, and all of the known world as the church began to spread and it began to take on uh, uh, deep roots into the culture of societies. And, and, and we had developed, of course, the Greek Orthodox Church, the Catholic Church, and, and the church kind of began to become more of an institution than anything. But yet they each played a part. As you know, the Catholic Church, if they did one thing, they preserved Scripture. And they kept the Scripture for us and did a lot of, lot of positive things that way, even though we see the negative. And there's negatives with all the positives, of course. But, but we see that through the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, the Crusades, and all the times of, of centuries of the church, that somehow it, it managed to survive and, and it managed to stay in existence. And then in the 1500s, we hear about a man named Martin Luther, and you hear about in Wittenberg, Germany, how that he, he posted the 95 Theses on the church door that started and began what is known as the Protestant Reformation. And that would forever change Christianity and how Christianity was believed and done and what would take place. Well, as you know, there were many others, Billy Sunday and, and Moody and the names go on and on, the Wesley brothers, all that played such a major part in great awakenings and, and the change and revival that was brought into, into the world because of such great men of God. And in America, there, there, was, there was wonderful things happening, but, but in 1886, there was in the mountains of North Carolina where Georgia and Tennessee and North Carolina come together, there was a Baptist church that had some people that were just kind of dissatisfied with the complacency of their congregation. I don't want to be too harsh. I wasn't there. I don't know anything, but, but they decided to start a prayer meeting. And out of that prayer meeting of about five or six people uh, birthed a little congregation that became known as the, the Holiness Church at Camp Creek and the, the Union Church. Anyway, there were a couple of name changes, but in 1886, what started as a prayer meeting started the Church of God movement. By 1896, they had had something that they, they didn't even know what it was, but somebody began to speak in a language that they had never heard, and, and they began to search the Scripture, and what they found out was that that, uh, that this was told by the prophet Joel and it's what was told in the book of Acts that this would be the latter day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This was the evidence that was given, was speaking in tongues. And so a holiness church now becomes a Pentecostal church. They're still, they're still there in those, those mountains of that area and, and uh, the church is not growing a whole lot but there's a Bible salesman by the name of A.J. Tomlinson that came from Indiana and, and he had organizational skills. And so he, he joined up with that group and began to help organize them and they moved headquarters to Cleveland, Tennessee. So now they've moved out of the mountains. Let's fast forward a little bit. 1906 was the first General Assembly where we began to develop bylaws and, and, and things for the church to, to structure, to live by and to understand 
understand what they believed and those things. And then by 1910, actually it was December the 31st, 1909, that we sent out our first missionary by the name of R.M. Evans and his wife Ada. They were a retired Methodist pastor and they went from Florida to the Bahamas. At that time, we had about 27 plus hundred members in the church of God. We didn't have a very many churches at all as well. But, but let's fast forward. So this infant church that started out of a prayer meeting, all of a sudden things begin to happen. Good things begin to happen. And the church began to span. There was a man by the name of Paul H. Walker up in the Dakotas. And the church began to take root all the way up in Dakotas and Montana. And, and it began to take root. And, and a lot of times we began in, in what they call the old brush harbors or tent tent meetings and we would establish a congregation and then it would go from there. And so we began to see good things happen today. And now I'm getting, going to transition in just a moment. But today, uh, uh, the church of God is pushing right at 8 million members. What started as a prayer meeting in the mountains now is in 385 countries of the world. And we have almost 8 million members when they add adherents, meaning people who have never joined the church of God, but that but they attend the church of God, that number goes up to about, uh, about 20 million people. We have gone from that handful of churches in the early years to now that we have over 45,000 congregations around this globe. Now, I say all of that. Let's, let, let's just take a moment, though, and give God praise for his faithfulness. Amen. 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 And I say all of that to say that there was somebody, and I didn't find out all the information. Pastor, I'm sure, knows all of that. But there was somebody in a town called Poplar Bluff, Missouri, that had a passion and a burden for a congregation, much like what uh, those early people in the mountains of North Carolina. They just had a burden to make a difference. They wanted to see God do something spectacular. They wanted to be a part of the miraculous. They wanted to see the hand of God move. And so whoever that individual was, and, and uh, I'm sorry I can't tell you, but they started the church and the church no doubt went through some, some good times and growth times and through some, some lean years and, and, and dry times. In fact, it had gotten so bad at the Poplar Bluff Church of God that, that they were talking about closing it. There was a there was a uh, overseer by the name of Wendell Smith, and, and he thought, well, we'll give it one last shot if we can find somebody that we can have to go take the church. They knew the church couldn't pay anybody to come here, so what did they do? They said, we've heard of a young man that got credentials recently that's over in Dudley, and his name is Kent Miller. He's bivocational. Maybe he can take the church, and maybe he can save it, and somehow make uh, something uh, of that congregation. I've oftentimes said, don't ever close a church if you don't have to. You never know when you get the right chemistry, the right individual, we're the right people. I'm telling you, there's not a devil in hell that can stop what God wants to do when you can bring that combination together. And so God did a miraculous thing. It was, uh, it was in... Uh, <clears throat> 
uh, September on September the 30th, 1985, that your pastor, Pastor Kent Miller, that he received his first credentials. We have three levels of credentialing in the church of God. Exhorter, licensings, and we changed that to ordained uh, license, and now ordained minister, and then, of course, ordained bishop. And so, Pastor Miller was 22 years old when he got licensed, if my, my information is correct. And Ben, I understand that you were only eight months old at that time. You was just a baby. So, we've got a family as green as can be. They've never pastored. They've never done a, a whole lot of, for the Lord. In fact, I, I hope you probably already know it, but their story about getting marriage, it, married is just unbelievable in itself. And, uh, and so here, here, this little couple gets together uh, in Dudley. They get married. They have a, a son now, one of three that they would have, as you've already heard. And, and he goes and he gets credentialed with the church of God. I know he didn't know what was going to happen at that time. He probably had no clue. He was just saying, God, I don't know what your plan is for my life, but I want to do your will. I have a passion and a desire to do whatever it is you want me to do. So it was November, excuse me, that was September 30th, 85, that he got exhorted. And in November 20th, 86, he became the ordained minister, the second rank of ministry. And it wasn't until 1994, and we did put a time frame in between that uh, second level. There was one year between the first and the second and seven years back then between the second second and the, the uh, third uh, becoming ordained bishop. And so Paul Clawson was the overseer whenever your pastor became an ordained bishop in the church of God. Now let me just share this with you. This is interesting. This is, this is things you would normally share at a person's departure rather than something like this. But I believe that you ought to tell what a person's done while they're still living and not wait till they die till you tell everything. Amen? And so... This, this nowhere is probably correct, but this is what your very humble pastor has put on reports in the church that uh, the people that's been converted since he first got credentialed with us uh, and the people that's been restored is 4,073. Can somebody say praise the Lord for what he has done, pastor? That's phenomenal. Sanctified, 1,451. Baptized with the Holy Ghost, 719. And baptized in water, 723. Because Kent Miller was willing to answer the call to do the work of God. Can somebody give praise in the house for his faithfulness to the man of God and his wife? We love you, Pastor. It was August 1986 that Wendell Smith, the overseer, called Pastor Miller, or I don't know how he contacted him, but contacted him. Said, we've got a little church in Poplar Bluff that's about ready to close. It's on 9th and Cedar Street. We heard Dr. Raymond Culpepper say there were eight people at that time. Marsha's research said there was less than 14, I guess, members that was there, but there wasn't hardly anyone there. 
And according to Martha's notes, they owed money. And that's what happens when you get a small church. They can't pay their bills a lot of times. So you've got a, you've got a congregation at one time probably was doing okay, but something's happened. It's anemic, it's weak, and it's struggling to survive. They're thinking about closing it down. They, 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 they do not see what can be really, I guess, at that point. But they said, let's give it one last shot. Let's call that young man over in Dudley, and let's see if he'd be willing to take the church. Pastor Miller, I don't know how it happened between you and Jenny and what your discussion was and your prayer time and what you decided, but you were willing to take the church and you were willing to come here. And I thought about, I thought about what it took during those earlier years. I have no doubt that Jenny many times come to the church probably just dragging Ben alone. And then, of course, came John and Samuel and had them on her, on her knee and bringing them along and, and sweeping and cleaning the church and doing whatever had to be done over there. If you know Jenny, you know that one of her great strengths has been her prayer life. That she is a prayer praying woman, and a, a, a and I I can tell you that this man would have never done it. I know because of my wife Kathy, he would have never done what he's done had he not had uh, Jenny Miller with him. And so, Jenny, you you were right there the whole time. I might add, by the way, whenever I first met Jenny, and of course I met both of their parents, I saw Sister Miller here earlier. I came through before service, got a chance to talk to her. And of course, Brother Miller, you know the thing when I pulled in today, the thing that come in my mind was Brother Miller standing at the top of the hill waving. Anybody remember that? Brother Kent's dad, he'd welcome you to the church. And then Jenny, her precious mother, I never knew her dad, but her last name was Goodrich. And I thought she comes from money. Because <laughs> good rich tire, you know what I'm talking about. I lived in Ohio outside of actually I lived in Akron for two years. So I know the tire industry and I knew there were a lot of money there. I don't know if she's got any of it or not, but uh, but, but what a great family and and two families that stayed in their area and loved their area and was willing to commit to the area. And so they took the church that Cedar and Ninth Street and came here with, with less than 14, eight members according to our assistant general overseer. Marsha also told me that there were a lot of accolades that are in the file at the state office about Pastor Kent Miller. People that have wrote about him, people that have, have said fine things about him, even overseers that have put something in his file of what a great leader and a great man and a great shepherd and a great pastor that he is. In fact, let me just tell you that, that I know for a fact when I came here, the most influential pastor in Missouri, Church of God, was Pastor Kent Miller. He is what we have termed an overseers as, as state's favorite son. He was Missouri's favorite son, meaning that he was probably the most respected leader and pastor in all of Missouri in the church of God. And I think we've already heard uh, Brother Matthews up here talk about that who was the first person to call him when he got into the state. Here is an outsider. He's gone to St. Louis. He's taken a very difficult situation and he did save that church. I give him credit for saving that church. 
But here, here he said the first person that called him was your pastor. So in the midst of a growing congregation and all the things that he has to do, he has stayed connected with others as well. We also know that he served as chairman, meaning the, the man that was voted on first, uh, the state council. And so he was such a man of wisdom and gave such guidance to overseers, me, me especially, but all overseers, a man of, of, of understanding of this state and of ministry and, and what was going on. And he served there and he served on every other board that there's been, youth and world missions and, and district overseer and, and MIP supervisor. And he served on and is presently serving on international boards and national boards within the church of God. He doesn't get up here and tell you all those things. He's humble about all that. But I'm telling you, you've got one of the best of the best that is in the church of God today in Reverend Kent Miller and his wife Jenny. We love them and they are loved in the church of God. I won't mention much about money but I counted Pastor Kent there were 26 times at least that Marcia was able to find where the, this church broke a tithe record. The first record you had broke when they were doing real well it only took you about two years or so to break that record of when the church had done so good. And that record was $2,583.70. But it was just a few years. It wasn't all that long ago that your record, and that doesn't mean total income for the church. We're just talking about a tithe record was $109,386.58 in one month. Can somebody give God praise for his faithfulness to the church of God? And so we see, we see what the, what the Lord has done and how the Lord has used this man of God in order to do a great work here in Poplar Bluff. I believe that one of the things that has always made me so endeared to this man is his passion. If you talk about the Lord, you talk about kingdom work and sometimes politics, you see his eyes get big. And, and you know that he is going to tell you something, that he has an opinion about that. He, 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 he loves what he does. He loves ministry. He loves the Lord. He loves people. You can go, you can go into any restaurant here, and they know Pastor Kent Miller. I have never, and I've been to a lot of your restaurants, but I have never been in one that somebody didn't recognize him. Most of the time, the waitresses know him. In fact, some of them know him so well, they just go ahead and bring a picture of Pepsi and set it down on the table because they know he likes to drink it. But, but they, they know him. We, we got in town early enough after the funeral, in between the funeral and Skyler's celebration last night. And by the way, Skyler, uh, I don't know that Pastor will have a chance to say, but where are you at? Uh, stand up. They know who you are. Dr. Skyler, would you? Amen. We're honored. So, so in between that yesterday, the pastor and his wife, because of our friendship and our love for each other, we got together and we went to fish and pig. And uh, it was pretty good last uh, yesterday afternoon. But, but what was better was our fellowship. We had a great time there. And I forgot where I was headed with this, but I'll, I'm getting older. I'll come back, okay? Just hang on to it. Give me a minute. 
Oh, but we go there, and this little old girl, she comes over, and she knows him and talks to him, and, and, and she's telling him, I said, oh, do you go to church at the palace? She said, oh, no, no. She said, I work on Sundays. I said, uh, she said, but my friend goes there. And that's what you get everywhere. If they don't attend here or not attended here, they have family or friends or somebody that attends the palace. Can you imagine a church this size? I don't know how many is here, but boy, there's a lot of people here today. And, and there's a lot that probably didn't make it. But what I'm just saying, the influence of this church in a community, uh, I tried to find out your population. The, the last I got was over 17,000. It may be over that now. I don't know. But can you imagine that 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 in a community of some maybe 18,000 people, you have this church that, that you may average six, 800. I don't know what you average even now, but you minister to probably 1,500 or 2,000 people when you talk about everybody that you pray for and go visit in the hospital and, and take care of and do different things. What an influence the Palace of Praise has had. If they had closed that church in 1986, this church would not have been here. Some of you would not be here. There would not be the influence that this building has and this, uh, this staff and this congregation has had they done that. But because of man and a woman was willing to come and to stay and to work through the seasons and there are always seasons that leaders go through when they think about leaving and, and going through hard times and those but I'm telling you they worked through all of those they've been committed for 35 years and because of it the kingdom of God has expanded and because of it your influence goes far beyond popular bluff in fact you go around the world in your mission and other things that you're involved in. I want to tell you, Palace of Praise, you are a better congregation. You are a great congregation because the Millers were willing to say yes to a call of God and commit and put their roots down and stay regardless of what the enemy brought against them. And there have been hard times, but they were willing to stay and pray through and do the work of God. And today, we have this beautiful edifice and we have a beautiful congregation and we have ministry that is happening on a daily basis. Things that... <clears throat> Only heaven will reveal all because somebody was willing to say yes to the call of God. And so this pastor and, and Brother Zach, you are so right because I thought about this. I woke up early this morning thinking about all this. And I thought about this. If there's anything that I have detected in this couple is they never have lost their love for people and they have never lost their love for the lost to be saved and they have never lost their passion for ministry and they believe that the best is yet to come. I gathered that yesterday. The best is yet to come. Jenny talked about yesterday at the table about winning the lost, that that's really what this is all about. It's, it's not about uh, some, some social club or institution that we have here. It's not even all about just coming in here on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights and seeing our friends and having a little fellowship and offering up some praise and worship to the Lord. I'm telling you what happens on the inside. This couple wants to see it manifested on the outside that you are going and you are telling the story 
and you're telling your story and you're telling them that there is a God that still heals people that are sick in body, that there's a God that's still putting marriages back together whenever marriages are broken and families are torn apart, that there is a God that still is providing financial needs for the poor and the lonely that don't know where their next meal maybe is going to come from. I'm telling you, Palace of Praise, you are a church that a pastor don't care if you're poor and in the gutter, if you own the, the cattle on a thousand hills, he loves you the same regardless and he believes in you, he believes in your ability, he believes in your potential and he wants to see you become all that God wants you to become and to live out your destiny for God. Can somebody praise the Lord for a leader that believes in you and loves Loves you and cares for you. We got ready to leave the restaurant yesterday, and there was a couple over there, my age or older, and they said something to Pastor, and the man stood up and he just came and threw a big bear hug around him. How many's ever had a bear hug from Pastor? Anybody? <laughs> He loves to give bear hugs. I call him that. But he just throwed his arms around him and loved on him. And I've seen him do that I, probably a hundred times in my times with him. He'll see people regardless of where they're at. He's not ashamed of anyone. He's not embarrassed to give you a hug. He accepts you where you're at. He loves you. He cares about you. How many times have you seen him do that and cry? Cry a tear and, and well up on the inside a little bit because of, of something that he feels for you. I'm, I'm not trying to boast. This is a man just like all of us. He's just a man. But he's a man that loves God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's a, he's a man that loves people. And Jesus says, you'll know that they're my disciples because of their love one for another. And so, so you have that kind of shepherd and that kind of man of God. And so he's very passionate and he's a great leader and, and, and he has vision. We talked about his vision yesterday. And I was amazed that after 35 years, you know, a lot of men after that time and women, they're just wanting to kind of coast out. They're getting a salary. They got a good congregation to preach to. I mean, things look like they're going pretty good at the moment and they just kind of want to keep things steady and stable but no not this couple they're not here just to kind of appease you and keep you together they're here saying there is a work to do we are living in the last days I'm telling you he says he talks about the condition of our world but he told me he said you know what I believe God's going to do something he's allowed us to get where we're at for this season but that's got our attention right now and we're willing to make some changes in life and the church is going to rise up and the church is going to have a great uh, uh, ministry ahead. I'm here to say to you that Pastor Kent Miller and Jenny Miller are not ready to go uh, hang up the towel and go to the beach somewhere, the mountain somewhere. They said we are living in the close of this age. It's the most exciting times of all times. God is still on the throne. He knows where the church is at. He knows what's got to be done and we're going to get in the trenches and we're going to pray hard 
harder than we've ever prayed. We're going to blow the shofar out there so that others can hear and know that there is a church that still believes in a God that's in control of everything. He believes that your best days are ahead and not behind you, that God is ready to do something marvelous. And I'm here just to come by today and tell you this, that this may be a pastor appreciation day, but I want it to be more than that. I want it to be a day when a congregation says, we know that our pastor cares. We know that he loves us. We know he's a praying man, a godly man. We know that he loves souls. He loves people. He loves families. He wants to see something happen. And I am willing to say, pastor, if you're willing to lead, I am willing to follow. I am willing to see the, the Lord of heaven do some mighty and some great things from the Lord. And so I'm here just to say to Palace of Praise, I mean, do not hold your head down. Do not get discouraged in your well-doing. It's easy to do. I tell you, I got so discouraged during this last political campaign that I, I wasn't sure what was happening. I talked to your pastor and I get encouraged. Hey, it's not over yet. He's still in control. He still knows where we're at. He's still going to do a work. The church still has a ministry. By the way, didn't Jesus say that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, that he would build his church? It's not Kent Miller's church. It's not my church. It's not the church of God's church. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can assure you that his church is still alive and it's well and it's going to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Somebody praise him in the house today. Give him praise, church. Give him praise in the house. It is his church. It is his church. I'm, I'm feeling something happening right now. I believe it's in the spiritual realm, but oh, it's getting ready to manifest itself in a way that it's not yet manifested itself in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. It's going to happen in the Palace of Praise Church. I want every saint of God, if you love God, I want you to come on down here. We're going to believe God for great and mighty things. Pastor, y'all, come on down. Everybody that would come on down. We're going to take a minute. We're going to we're going to unlock the heavens for the future of this congregation right now. We are unlocking the heavens for great and mighty move of God, even greater than what you have seen. Oh God, I no son, I you Oh God, oh God, we believe something marvelous is taking place. Something marvelous is taking place. Come on, church. Come on. Let's get our mind. Let's get in one accord. Let's let this be a prayer meeting right now. Oh, God, we love you. We love you. We love you. 
Oh, God, we believe it is not the end of America. It is not the end of the United States of America. It is not of the end of the church. Lord, it's still your church. You still set kings on high and you bring down. We may not understand it, but one thing we know, your word is true. And God, you have promised us that you would have a people and you would have a church and we at Palace of Praise are that church and we refuse to bow. We refuse to give up and give in, but we continue to move and walk one step at a time in faith believing for the miraculous, in faith believing for our family members to be saved, our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, Lord. Oh, you came to seek and to save that which was lost. And today, God, we are believing that you are doing something. I'm believing, God, that there is going to be a swelling of, of, of people that's going to come to this hill. The God that's been set up like a light that's on a hill that can't be hid. I'm believing that, God, that people are going to be saved through the ministry of this congregation. I believe that today, God, that Pastor Kent Miller and Jenny and I pray for their sons, Ben and John and Samuel, and I pray, God, that you are going to use them in a way like they never dreamed. Oh, this passion that I hear and see in Pastor Kent Miller and in Jenny too. Lord, I am believing that you are going to allow them to see it come to pass in their lifetime. Come on, church, come on, get your mind on him, please, everybody in the house. Get your mind on Jesus today. Get your mind on Jesus today. Oh, God. Oh, God. In fact, I'll just say this. If somebody's in this altar and you need something from the Lord, I believe he's passing by even now. If you need healing in your body, nobody has to anoint you. You just release your faith right now and you believe God for your miracle of healing. If you have children that are lost, some bound by addiction, you right now renew your faith and your commitment to believe God that they are going to come home, that they are going to be back in the family of God, serving God. I just want you to believe God for whatever it is you stand in need of. And then I want to, the rest of you just believe for your church right now. I'm telling you that God is doing something today. There is something happening in this moment of time that is eternal, that's going to change and shape your history. In Jesus' name, I claim it and I believe Believe it right now in Jesus' name. Oh, God, yes, 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 yes. Come on, church, come on, come on, come on.